0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Oh, Jack, Jack O'Hara. Boy, asking me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack,
1: hey, it's Josh Ryder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me? Jack O'Hara, absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jackie, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you you asked me a couple questions. Live and broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing. I mean, you've got some pr- pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success.
0: Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills.
1: Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I am so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh dude, she's totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, what? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh,
0: TickPick. I thought you said... TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today.
1: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Reaching New Heights podcast with me, Megan Gallagher. Today we have. Such a talented, amazing guest on the show. He is a TV host, sports broadcaster, writer, and he's just an all around amazing guy. And you probably know him as the sports baseball guy of 2021. And he is best known for his podcast, The O Show. Everyone, please give me a warm welcome in introducing Jack O'Hara.
0: Megan Gallagher thanks so much for having me on Uh, again I kind of dabble in all the things I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an expert but you know I I hope one day I I get there but I really appreciate you having me on your show
1: of course Jack thank you so much for taking the time and I'm so excited to chat today
0: oh so am I. I I think it again like it's a very important thing to talk about we were kind of talking about it a little bit before we came on just you know talking about some of this stuff because you're in nashville i'm i'm in phoenix i grew up again in in the new jersey new york area when it came to you know talking about something we kind of both experienced growing up when it came to anxiety or, or depression or anything like in that nature at least for me, I don't know for you, but, like, I, I remember, like, being around, like, the the, the dads, the football dads, the baseball dads growing up playing sports. It was almost considered a weakness to talk about that kind of stuff to the point where it's, like, you kind of just had to bottle it all up inside, which isn't healthy at the end of the day. So I'm happy, like... Uh, a few years down the road, it's finally becoming more and more apparent to people that it needs to be discussed, uh, it needs to be out in the open, and overall, I think that just creates better relationships, better connections with people, and you get a better understanding as to what makes people tick at the end of the day, so I'm glad to be here.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. So, my first question for you, Jack, is how did you discover your passion for for specifically, not just broadcast journalism, but specifically, where did your passion for sports really stem from?
0: So it's interesting. I want to say when I was five years old, I determined that I wanted to pursue sports broadcasting. You know, I ended up, you know, doing a lot of, uh, or at least pursuing a lot of other things in my young life thus far. Again, I'm just 22 years old. But I think it all started my uh, my grandfather, who has since passed away a few years ago. But he took me and my brother to uh, our first New York Yankees game at the old Yankee Stadium, and I remember it like vividly. Like it was, I think May of 2006. My brother and I dressed up in full baseball uniforms. I don't know why we did that. We were sitting like in the upper deck, last row, in full blown. Like it was June, 100 degrees outside full-blown baseball pants, baseball jersey, so excited to go to the game. And uh, after the game, I immediately just instinctively, didn't even think about it, immediately wrote a journal entry about the game, like about everything that happened, all the stats, uh, all the big plays, all the big moments. And I have done that to this day, whether it's baseball games, football games, rock concerts that I go to, film festivals that I attend. I constantly am documenting Everything that I've done, it was just an instinct thing. Like, I never even thought about it, and it kind of gradually became to a point where it's like, this is definitely what I want to pursue. I knew it since I was, again, five years old, and I kind of wish I started sooner. Like, in my mind, like, again, in high school, like, it was all about, you know, for me, making friends, partying with my friends, whatever. Like, I didn't really think like I could have started, like, creating content given the all new technology that we have in this generation in 2020, 2021. I never really realized that. I was going to be able to create my own content, maybe live stream or high school games. Again, I played in high school. I'm Looking back at it, I wish I called games and uh, wrote about games instead. It would yeah. have been a lot more efficient for me. It probably would have been a lot more happier with myself. Um, and then. To me, it was like, all right, when I get to college, that's when I start. And luckily, the past four years have been phenomenal. It's been such a great experience. Again, like surrounding yourself with the right people we kind of talked about will help you kind of open your eyes in a sense to what you want to do and what you want to accomplish and give yourself, you know, those daily planners, those goals in order to accomplish those one day at a time. But that's how my passion for at least sports stemmed in the long run ever since like again I've, I've evolved over the past four years as well i love sports casting i i pursued acting filmmaking yeah, writing I uh i love music too like i said my brother's a big musician just moved out to nashville where you're at so again i'm trying to dabble in a lot of things but again storytelling i think is probably the biggest aspect podcasting has become you know my number one thing that i'm probably known for at this point which I'm happy about because that really wasn't on the agenda. That wasn't the plan, but, you know, the best things in life aren't planned, I guess.
1: That's so true, yeah. and I mean, seriously, Jack, you're only 22. I'm 25, so it's not, you know, I'm not like a grandma. I'm not like, oh, you're 22, <laughs> but, like, you are seriously just so young, and you're such a great role model for the next generation, and people, you know, Gen Z, people are age to look up to because, you truly have had this passion for so long and you just took it and ran with it and all the things that you have accomplished whether it is fully related to sports or it's acting it's kind of like a subcategory and a subdivision of that um that's just i mean it's it's so fascinating and as someone for me specifically i did grow up in a household where you know, back in the Bay Area, um, my family is an Oakland A's fan and we love, you know, watching those baseball games. And um, although, you know, right now I don't have like one team I'm obsessed with, I, I love sports and I think it's just such a powerful thing, especially, you know, during this past year has been crazy. And I think sports really remains as one of the best ways that communities can come together and find a common ground. And, you
0: know bond with each other oh yeah i mean it was tough you know those first few months when really nothing was going on whether it was like march april may like absolutely you know dead to rights we kind of just had to like go off of you know watching encores on tv or you know finding new things and i think that's probably the best thing that i did personally i I bet you did as well kind of discover new things new traits that you kind of wanted to Pursue Like, I read a lot more. I started writing screenplays for some film classes. You know, like, I started pursuing other things outside of sports when I couldn't necessarily rely on them those first few months before baseball ended up coming back over the summer, and then football went off without a hitch as well. But, you know, like, I I was able to, again, evolve in a sense and adapt to where some people were just kind of like, Oh well like I'm just gonna sit here I guess there's really nothing to do but like there's always something else to do like you just gotta again find that passion find something that's gonna set your soul on fire and run with it
1: yes that's so true um and that kind of leads me into my next question for you Jack which is in your life how have sports specifically how have they helped you get through your own tough times whether you were struggling mentally or just kind of in a low place in your life. How have sports and just your career and the people you've met in your career, how have they kind of inspired you when you yourself needed it?
0: Well, I guess it was always my escape, right? So like since, like I said, since I was five years old, I always knew that's what I kind of wanted per- to pursue. But, you know, yeah. like I said, like I didn't really get my start in any of this till I was 18, 19. So that's a 14-year gap where, you know, like you said, you're fighting like, you're you're growing up, you know. Like you you're you're fighting anxiety, depression. You know, like you want to make friends. Growing up, things don't pan out. You go through bad times. You know, high school's a, a pain in the ass for I think about everybody, no matter which way you look at it. Whether you were a popular kid, a jock, a geek, whatever. You know, like it, it was it was a hard time. I I yeah. think a lot of people had a lot of growing pains in high school, no matter what. So sports, especially the New York Yankees. Diehard baseball fan. Diehard New York Yankees fan. That was always something that, you know, me, my brother, my father, my grandfather, all different personalities, all all completely at different ends of the spectrum. We could all get together at night in the family room and watch New York Yankees baseball, which is something we were always passionate about and something that always connected the four of us. Because, again, we were different. My brother, big-time musician. My father, in the same boat, big-time fisherman as well. My, uh, my grandfather was an uh, uh, ex-Marine. I, my other grandfather actually played pro baseball. Baseball, so he, he was also, of course, a diehard Yankee fan, uh, but that always um, connected us when things, again, weren't so hot in, in our lives, right? So, like, me dealing with anxiety, uh, depression, you know, didn't really click with anybody growing up, you know? Like, uh, there's a reason I went out to school in Phoenix. Like, I needed a new start, essentially, to kind of find myself, find a rhythm for myself, because it didn't happen in New Jersey. So, uh, I, I think... You know going through tough times in middle school high school etc whether it's you know extracurricular activities playing sports or even in the classroom you know like getting to go home and spend time and, and and connect with people by watching something that we love that that really set my passion for sports more so baseball than anything else um during that time period
1: yeah that's that's just so powerful and i think you know, that's just something for the rest of your life. You can look back on and know that, you know, the New York Yankees is something you bonded with your family over. And I think, um, you know, we all have those things and that's, I don't know, that's just such a sweet story. And I love that. And I think that also goes to show, um, like you said, you know, there are so many stigmas about mental health and about, Um, you know, whether it's being a guy or being a professional athlete or just being, you know, a normal everyday person. It's, you know, we all face stigmas and um, struggles and things on the daily basis where people would think, oh, you know, you have problems or you struggle like you're so, um, you know, successful or you're so young or all these things. But it just kind of reminds us all that, you know, everyone's still a human being at the end of the day. And I think, um there are you know so many blogs and things online and websites and everything where the stigmas are ending and it's there are more open conversations about what it means to be okay and about wellness but i really 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 feel that especially in the professional sports world there is such stigma you know with being an athlete if you are struggling and what it means to be tough and to not show a weakness and I think that's just, you know, such a real thing.
0: Oh, and like I was saying before, when it came to, like, me growing up, like, it was almost considered a weakness. Not a lot of people talked about it. I mean, there were probably some uh, cases, you know, some inner circles that talked about it a lot, but I wasn't in it, you know? Like, I didn't know. Uh, It was either you were a jock working out all the time or you were just, like, this skinny geek who was weak, who, you know, battled with depression and anxiety. Like, me, I was... I want to say I was like 95 pounds going into my freshman year in high school. Like I was very skinny, buzz cut, braces, didn't really have any social skills whatsoever. If you ask some of my friends today, I still don't have any social skills, but I digress. Uh, um, But, you know, like it's just really really um difficult to go through and everybody goes through it one time or another you know like me in high school I went through it early on where others you know thrive through high school and are going to face it later in life you know one way or another like people are going to be hit with um some sort of depression like everybody's depressed like you said like it doesn't matter if it's us if it's Leonardo DiCaprio if it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson himself you know like everybody goes through depression at some point or another so it's important to again talk about it and kind of reach out to people who who it's obvious or you know you don't necessarily see because again like growing up being an athlete like you don't see it in them
1: yeah and I I would love to know also Jack in your life experience have you ever first have gone through um, just any type of people, you know, people judging you or any type of experience where you are, you know, in sports, you're on the field or you're in, you know, the zone and you experience firsthand maybe from a coach or from a trainer or someone who, you know, just says, oh, suck it up or tough it out or you're being a bait or have you ever personally experienced that?
0: I don't know if it was so much more that, but it was more of like, you're not living up to your full potential. Like me, again, like I was always a skinny kid. I was 90 pounds. (laughs) or, yeah, what, 5'10", you know. um, And I was always told that, like, you need to eat more. You need to eat more. And I would eat, I would, like, I probably eat, like, a porterhouse steak, like, once a week. A lot of my friends make fun of me. I'm, like, a regular at Longhorn Steakhouse out here. Everybody knows my name. And, like, it was always that way. Like, I always ate a lot of food. Like, I always was pounding back, like, 5,000, 6,000 calories of food a day, no matter what it was, whether it was junk food, healthy stuff, milkshakes, whatever it was, but i was always a skinny kid I, i'm genetically a i come from again a skinny family and i have i guess a ridiculously fast metabolism so i i never i guess lived up to their potential in a sense even though like i knew i was outworking most of the kids in my in my class but it never showed so in that sense you know people um would criticize me saying that i wasn't working hard enough i wasn't Uh, what people I guess expected of everybody because again like when you're in high school everybody expects you to be I don't know perfect in a sense and that's just not true and especially on on my end like being told that you're not good enough when in fact like I was really trying harder than a lot of people it was very discouraging in a sense but I I don't think there was ever a time where um, you know at least in sports maybe at home with my father every now and then like yeah you need to suck it up like this is um th- there was a lot of that you know growing up again like it was considered a weakness if you talked about that stuff it has since changed again we evolve as human beings i think my father was a lot tougher on us growing up as he is now as adults i think he understands it a lot more that it's a uh, a personal thing and we've had very deep personal talks about it in the past um when it's come to fruition you know but yeah i mean to answer your question uh there, there, there's been a few times not one that i can like necessarily pick out from uh, a a haystack but you know it's it's very common for people to have experiences like that to where it's like there's really nothing you could do about in that sense in my sense like i literally there was nothing i could do about gaining weight it took me a long time and that was probably one of my bigger insecurities growing up because people expected it from me um and that probably led to a lot of anxiety and depression down the road
1: right yeah and you know, that's, that's something that I, as a female, you know, I've had many yeah. moments when I was in middle school, high school, even now in the industry I am in, you know, I faced criticism on the daily and yeah. having a platform on social media, you know, you know, that with that comes a lot of negativity and people leaving their opinion and i believe you know everyone has the right to have their own opinion but i think it's important to practice mindfulness before you post something before you leave a comment because you know at the end of the day you really have no idea what other people are going through and so for me i try to you know remember that even if someone you know doesn't treat me the way i would treat them i still just stop and think okay well you know, how I treat other people is up to me and the rest, you know, is out of my control. So, um, but that's something I definitely can relate to Jack is I for sure have had so many moments where in high school, like I felt so insecure and I remember I was on the volleyball team and that was something that I worked so hard for. And I, you know, just put blood, sweat and tears into it. And I remember constantly feeling just, it was never enough. Like it was just, ever, anything I could do, it was never going to be enough. And I constantly was, you know, pondering and thinking, well, what, what is enough? Like right. what would make me feel like I've made it? And I just, I, it's this whole, it really, you know, it can mess with your mental health for sure when people are just putting so much pressure on you.
0: Yeah, and, like, whether it's me with trying to put on weight or whether it's you, like, on the volleyball team or, or anything else that anybody goes through, like, it's half, you know, people have expectations and you don't want to disappoint, in a way, I guess, when you're young. Like, I, I I mean, I'll admit it. Like, I really cared what other people thought of me growing up. Now, not so much, you know? It, you evolved as a human being, but, like, I feel like it was half of, you know, you caring about what other people thought and, at the same time, you getting in your own head, in a sense. You know, like... Part of it is people, like, setting it out on the table, like, setting out that that doubt, you know, that self-doubt in you, but at the same time, and the majority of it, which it took me a long time to realize, is that 90% of it is just you overthinking things in your own head, which is a very, you know, toxic thing to get into, and when you finally realize that and are able to work on it, because, again, it is a ever-going process, it doesn't go away, you know, depression and anxiety or unfortunately, here to stay. It's about how you control it, how you manage it, um, how you, again, surround yourself with the right people, go after the right things, the things that you love doing. Um, And for people who haven't found themselves yet, that's a difficult task. But, yeah, it's a very um again tough thing to realize when you don't necessarily realize that you're just trying to be accepted at the end of the day i think everybody just wants to be accepted by somebody someone and it's hard to realize that you are in control of your own life like you are the ceo of your own existence
1: yes it's so true and i oh my gosh that's so crazy you say that because literally, you know, one of my, um, I don't really like the term resolutions. I like kind of goals, you know, there's monthly goals, there's long-term goals, um, things that, you know, I want to get done every day, every week. And for me, that's a huge one that I really have been like understanding is knowing that my feelings, my happiness, how successful I am in my life, it is all up to me it is no one else's fault or responsibility and i cannot blame you know anyone else for feeling not it's just taking that responsibility it literally like it sets your world free because all of a sudden you realize wait you know i don't owe anyone anything and no one owes me anything and i don't have to hold grudges and you know hate people it's just you realize to not take anything personally and you realize just that what everyone does and says it's just a reflection of their reality kind of people meet you where they are but it's nothing to do with you and that's something it's like
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's hard to understand that as a little kid, you know, like going through middle school and high school, you only have so many experiences that kind of mold your reality in your brain. So like growing up, you're just like, okay, this is this is the situation I'm in. This is what I got to do to, you know, again, like feel accepted in a way. But once you get out there, get some experiences and you realize it's just like. Again, like, I am in control here. I am the boss of my own life. I can do whatever I want, and there's really nothing anybody could say about it, you know? Like, and and it takes a while for people to realize that, yeah, like, you can do whatever you want. It does not matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else cares, you know? Like, at the end of the day, like, you just can't care about that stuff, and you will be set free when you realize that you're able to be in control of your own life and make your own actions without worrying about what others think.
1: Oh, reach it
0: jack that is is so true and and Um, again it's like very frustrating to see in this day and age because a lot of people do understand it especially like me i feel like i've surrounded myself with a lot of the right people i've made a lot of the right friends who you know are able to have discussions like this and able to again have found themselves found what they're passionate about and were able to come together and share that but there's a lot of people who don't have that sense of clarity that we have, you know, uh, you know, not yeah. to like be cocky about it or so, or anything like that. But there's a lot of people who are still lost, still very unmotivated, very uninspired, despite having a lot of experiences, um, you know, halfway through their life. So, uh, again, it's all about you know, finding yourself in that sense, going out of your way, going out of like stepping out of your box in a sense, you know, like me growing up in New Jersey. There's not a lot of people that leave. Like when I told my parents I wanted to leave. It was kind of shocking like it kind of took my mom a while to kind of accept that like okay like you can go to school out there i remember my senior year in in high school when i'm like all right like i've been trying to convince you for three years i i want to leave she's like all right we can start looking at schools in florida i'm like i've never even mentioned florida like i want to go across the country i want to go to the west coast i want to experience different types of people i want to see what makes them tick you know hopefully it'll mold me into a better human being at the end of the day and a lot of people who are born and raised in their hometown stay. And a lot of people who have early on success, a lot of people who, you know, are quote unquote popular in high school, you know, like they they end up marrying their high school sweetheart, they end up staying in the same town and they don't really, you know, accomplish as much as they probably could have, you know, because their eyes weren't open to the fact that, hey, I could accomplish a lot more here. Right.
1: That's, yeah, that's a really good point you made. And I think that goes back to... You know just the way that you grew up and your morals and beliefs and what you view as a priority in life because you're right for some people um you know it is marriage and family and children and that's Mm -hmm. just their their eyes are on that's like the prize and for other people um you know it's like to each their own but I think certain people um you know really just want to do career first and then that kind of comes next and for other people it's the other way around but yeah i think that's really
0: interesting yeah and like again like having a lack of experiences growing up like you see the way like your family uh came up like my family like i'm two parents they had three kids you know like that's your reality at 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 a young age like all right i'm gonna grow up i'm gonna do that because that's the way life works you know then you grow up and realize like i can do whatever i want like you don't have to do that i think that stuff happens naturally, like, if you put that, you know, in, in God's hands, that'll take care, care of itself, because, you know, you yeah. see a lot of people who, I don't want to say force marriages, but, like, get married to the wrong people, they have kids, and it just doesn't work out, and, you know, like, they don't want to admit it, but they're kind of stuck in a sense, you know, like, you're That's you're right. in a position where you're unhappy, you're, you're, you're seeing your kids, you know, like, every other week, you're... you're not to say that, you know, things happen for a reason that happened for a reason. But, you know, I think a lot of people kind of force that stuff because they feel like that's what has to happen. I feel like I need that in my life in order to be happy, like right off the bat, because that's the way they see 90 percent of the people out there. Like, I'm supposed to get married. I'm supposed to have kids. But like, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, a lot of people are happy and not necessarily selfish. I feel like a lot of people think if you don't want to get married and have kids, you're kind of being selfish in that regard. Be or not like at the end of the day like everybody just wants to be happy like let everybody be i never yeah. understood that
1: yeah that's um that's so true and i yeah i would say you know and i think this is like a whole other conversation where mm-hmm. people the gen z people in our age range i think it's just such a different time and space and i think for a lot of people our age most you know people in my opinion all of my friends are entrepreneur go-getters yeah you know really trying to build their empire first and i think in my opinion i feel like you know that's just where i am right now i could never imagine um you know feeling emotionally mentally ready for a family or like those are really big life choices and i think um You're so right, though, because I think a lot of people can, you know, think, oh, I'm happy once I, you know, get married. I'll be happy once I have that ring on my finger. I'll be happy. But then, you know, that kind of goes back to mental health and really feeling, you know, no, I'll be happy once it's Friday. I'll be happy once I get that gold medal. And that, in my opinion, I kind of call it horizon living where your happiness and your joy it's always just you know over there and you are constantly you feel like you're just you know chasing this thing yet you're not remembering that it's already within you and you just kind of have to flip on the light switch you right. know it's not it's not this far away like an infinity pool where you're like is the end oh that's not oh, okay well it's just it's right here yeah. and so I think that's such a good point, though, because with anything in life, with sports, with um, you know wanting to accomplish certain things and get to certain milestones, it's just important to remember that you yourself have to remember to feel proud and to congratulate yourself and to give yourself a pat on the back because, or else you know you may forget, or else you know it's hard to rely. On. I don't know. There's just so many things oh, yeah. you know to think about that.
0: So when did that all click for you? Because again, you're very open about, you know, the experiences that you went through during your childhood. Like, when did it click for you that like, okay, like I I can be in control of my own life in a sense?
1: Oh my gosh. I would say, honestly, when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I was about a year into therapy and... For me, my anxiety, as everyone you know watching knows, um, I'm very open and honest about my struggle with anxiety when I was younger. And I remember even as young as three years old, just my whole entire childhood, I just was always the anxious, you know, goofy, very energetic and yeah. just always, I always felt off, but I never knew that it was a bad thing. And I never knew right. that something was not wrong, but I never knew that you know i had an actual condition i thought oh this is just me you know i'm just oh i always feel this way i always have a pit in my stomach and that's normal and I, my heart is always beating this fast and that's normal um and then i remember when i was a freshman in high school i just kept on i was getting horrible panic attacks in my class and i did not know what was going on and i thought it was a stroke it was a heart attack i just it was so scary and so for me Um, beginning of my sophomore year, I got a therapist and it really changed my life. But I remember halfway through therapy when I was 15, um, I really just something clicked where my therapist kept on saying, you know, Megan, um, your happiness is your responsibility. So she said right now at this young of an age, you should really, really, really realize that it's not up to a boyfriend, it's not up to your parents, it's not up to even me, your therapist. It's really, it's up to you to feel happy yourself and to really feel like you are a complete whole person. And for a while, you know, to be totally honest, that didn't hit me and I didn't really understand it. but. It just it it stayed with me, and I think that's such an important lesson to learn as a you know teenager in today's world is um, just knowing that your emotions are your responsibility. Oh. Just as you know, taking care of your physical health, you have a house, apartment, a car, things to take care of like chores. Those are your emotions and your feelings too. It's um, you know, it's something that I think we can almost forget sometimes. Like for me, you know, it'll be like halfway through the day and I'm like, wait, when is the last time I checked in with myself? Like, whoa, you know, I kind of feel weird. And then once I start, you know, physically paying attention to my body and where I'm breathing, then I kind of start feeling, you know, better. And to me, that's how I take care of myself. But um, yeah, I would say honestly, when I was 15 years old, a sophomore in high school, I just something really clicked where I was like, you know, I was also in a weird kind of not a healthy relation. There was just many things yeah. in my life where I was like so unhappy and I'm like, you know, something is just telling me my gut feeling. And then my therapist saying that was the catalyst for me to just make all of these positive changes and, you know, end that relationship and get a better friend group and all of these things. So that's just something I always tell myself, no matter what season of life i'm in i you know constantly remind myself okay so you know it's it's all up to me so how how do i want to feel because you know my thoughts are creating my feelings so i'm the one creating this it's not anyone else's fault it's just you know mine
0: did you always have you know like that panel of people that you could trust you know like you talk about your therapist mother father whoever it was like did you always feel like you could go to them Whenever you were feeling this way. Because for me, it took me a long time to trust anybody. Like, I, I don't remember... Like, the first real conversation I had with my mother about this sort of stuff was probably a few years ago. Like, I remember going through my entire childhood not talking to anybody about it. Because, again, it, I don't want to say it wasn't accepted. But, like, if I did talk about it, you know, like, people would think you were weak, you know? Like, I never thought I could talk to my dad about it. I remember when I was really young, we, we used to walk around eggshells around him because he was just, like mr macho in a sense just like you don't act that way you you act a certain way way as a man more like again on the other side i didn't really talk to it about my mom that much i never really trusted anybody but did you always have that trust factor
1: oh my gosh that's such a great question um you know honestly that's something i still you know to this day i'm i'm very picky about who i surround myself with and i think um you know it's just kind of the way it is i think in our industry and just with the careers that we have it's you know not just wanting to surround yourself with motivating people who are also on the same mindset level but also you know i think i just i I don't know like i just i'm a very selective person and i constantly am so busy all the time but to answer your question i would say I still only have a few select people that I really trust, you know, with my life and what's going on. But I still, um, you know, I still have a therapist to this day, even though I'm 25. I have a therapist. I talk with her every Tuesday um, and she's here in Nashville and that's something I love therapy. I think it's so healthy and I, you know, there's things constantly going on in my personal professional life where I really am you know wanting to become better at um you know kind of filtering and categorizing just you know what's important right now like what's priority number one versus what is an emotion I have towards someone else just you know really so I don't um you know take out things on other people or I'm not kind of emotionally immature I I really you know pride myself on thinking okay so I, you know, maybe I'm feeling angry or sad or frustrated. Well, then what happened, you know, in the past 24 hours and who is it really directed towards rather than, you know, oh, me, you know, lashing out at someone. But yeah, I would say, honestly, my therapist is number one. I can text her and call her, which is amazing. I also love my parents. I love my sister. Um, And I have, you know, a really good friend group and I feel grateful because I think you know that can just be a rare thing in today's world where you have people who not only support you and show up for you but who also make you feel comfortable and safe and you know that you know you can trust them
0: right and like you said you are selective which you should be you know like it, it's it's yeah. a close knit circle in a sense of like there's a lot of people out there. There's very few people that you feel like you can trust. You know, you've, you form a bond with a few people and you feel like you can trust them, whether it is, again, your parents, siblings, family members, close friends who you become friends with. You know, it, it's very hard to um, find those people. Like, we talk about, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. Like, it's an easy thing to do. It really isn't. It's a lot harder than it looks to surround yourself with you know, the the right and proper people that will help guide you into a sense of happiness and fulfillment.
1: Yes, it's so true. Um, okay, I feel like we kind of flip-flopped um, positions for a second because you're an interview. That's too. what
0: I do. That's what I do naturally. Yeah. It happens.
1: Um, okay, Jeff, um, I have one last question for you before we jump into rapid fire, which is super fun. Oh, I love that.
0: It's a great yeah. idea.
1: Okay, so Jack O'Hara, okay, so it is my personal mission in life to change the public school system. Um, As you know, you and many people know that I love having, you know, open conversations with teenagers and high school students about mental health and self care. And I really want to see while I'm alive and on earth in my lifetime, I want to see mandatory classes about mental health and all that stuff be you know implemented into the public school system i would love to know in your personal experience what is one class that you wish was taught in your high school
0: one class i mean it's probably that like oh my god yeah. like that if we had a <laughs> mental health class in high school i i can only imagine the amount of attitudes that would have been adjusted Uh, Growing, growing up, like whether you were an athlete or again, like in theater club or whatever, everybody probably would have gotten along. Everybody's eyes would have been wide open, like whoa. Like everybody's got their own story. Everybody's got their own struggles. Everybody's got their own struggles, whether it's you know finances issues at home, issues in relationships, like you were talking about. I think a lot of people would understand everybody a lot more, which I did not have in high school. Again, it was either you were strong or you were weak. You know, like I, I feel like. I think I went to a Catholic high school, so I think theology class was the closest thing to that, you know, talking about real-life things and having an open dialogue where people were giving testimonies and things like that. But again, still, nobody was really opening up about anything real, you know? Everybody was too afraid. Like, what are they going to say? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to talk behind my back later on? And there was a lot of that. I I was, you know... uh, I had friends who did that, unfortunately, to other people. So I think if everybody had, like, a... Uh, an open mind for a mental health class in high school i mean just thinking about that like if if you're able to have that down the road in schools across the nation like i can only imagine how happier people would be coming out of school a lot of people would not be as resentful or bitter as people i feel like are coming out of high school yes it's it's
1: seriously so true and you know as um as you know, COVID-19 is kind of coming to a new place. I think um, that teenagers are really, you know, just going through such a dark time and such a challenging, like twisting, never ending road. But I think, um, you know, the number one thing that they can really, really feel and understand is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but I really believe that everything is all a choice. So for me, you know, I can choose to feel happiness or I can choose to feel sadness. And even if, I mean, obviously, you know, things are going to get better. Things will go to a more normal, um, healthy space. But, you know, it's really up to me at the end of the day to choose to get excited again or to choose to stay in the past and think, you know, oh gosh, is this going to get better? And I don't know that, you know, it's all a choice.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, just that idea alone, like, that that just blew my mind. Like, if we had that across the nation, things would be a lot brighter. Maybe not entirely brighter, because, again, there are still people who find a way to be negative and, you know, or or dig themselves in a ditch, and it's kind of hard to get out of. But I think things would be a lot smoother. It would be a lot smoother transition for a lot of people to be open-minded and talk about certain things that they weren't willing to talk about before.
1: Right. It's so true. Um, okay, Jack. So are you ready for rapid fire round? This
0: will be fun. This will be interesting.
1: So these are some super just right, you know, first thing off the top of your head, kind of goofy questions. Um, so number one, what is your favorite type of junk food?
0: Ooh, Cheetos. which is probably a good answer because cheetos are disgusting like most people don't eat cheetos anymore i still love cheetos every now and then i try to eat healthy but yeah cheetos is probably my escape food
1: okay cheetos specifically the puffs or the crispy like
0: like the crispy originals the puffs are too disgusting even i have to draw the line at the puffs i can't eat those things
1: i love the I don't know. I,
0: I I grew up again in high school. I I was that kid, and I cannot believe I did this. But I lived off of Kit Kat bars and brisk iced teas. That's all I ate. You know, like I said, like I got into a rhythm where I was eating a lot of food when I got into it. But before that, like I just did not take care of myself at all. I didn't think to. But that those were like the only two things I enjoyed eating: Kit Kat bars, brisk iced tea, Cheetos. I was a mess. And then you know, I don't eat any junk food regularly now but when i do it's cheetos the the original cheetos
1: i like it original cheetos yeah um so my second question is what is the most embarrassing thing you have ever done
0: like (laughs) i actually i have done so many embarrassing things in my life i actually have written a list about every single bad thing that's happened to me um (laughs) i like it uh, I'll tell you this story. It's embarrassing, but at the same time, one of my favorite stories, because, again, it kind of full circle goes to what we were talking about earlier. I grew up a New York Yankees fan in the era of Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, you know, the big name guys. Um, I worked as a security guard for the Arizona Diamondbacks in Phoenix my freshman year in college, and my... Uh, assigned task, it was Mother's Day actually, I had to miss out on Mother's Day to work security in Arizona Um, but I got my, it was like purse night or whatever so I got my mom a purse so it was all good and uh, my assigned task for the night it was like a nationally televised game this was 2018 Um, my assigned task was to guard the production truck where the three sportscasters were going to be coming into and out of You know, before and after the game which was Matt Vaskurgeon, who's a play-by-play voice for ESPN, and his color commentator, Alex Rodriguez, because now he does uh, broadcasting post-playing career. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, my I basically just open up the door, close it whenever they're coming in, and, you know, I say, hi, Mr. Rodriguez, whatever. You know, they just ignore me, because who am I? Uh, but, you know, I shot my shot, but... Um, <laughs> I know. And, uh, after, you know, I, I'm just standing there the entire shift, and after the game is over... I'm like, all right, like that's a wrap. I go on like our walkie-talkies. I'm like, can I go to the bathroom now? Cause like I've been sitting there for like four or five hours. At that point, they're like, yeah, whatever. So there's a porta potty, probably like a few feet away from the the production truck, and I'm going to the bathroom. And you know, like your worst fear, like being in a porta potty or public bathroom, is someone you know opening up the door, not knocking, and you know, right. just walking in on you. So, of course, someone walks in on me, and I immediately, I'm just like, ah, someone's in here, you know, you become someone else. You're just, like, so embarrassed at the time. But, uh, you know, I turned around, and I thought about it for a second. I'm like, that was Alex Rodriguez. You know, that's one of my childhood heroes, you know, just walked in on me on the bathroom and saw my junk, in a sense, you know. Like, that was was very, very embarrassing, but at the same time, very, very cool. Like, I'm definitely going to be telling that story for a long time, and I am right now. Uh, But it took me like two minutes. I'm like, all right, he's standing outside. He walked in on me on the bathroom. What am I going to say to him? Like, this is my chance, you know? Like, this is one of my childhood heroes. Like, I wanted to grow up being a big league baseball player because of Alex Rodriguez. So I go up. I'm like, oh, Mr. Rodriguez, I'm so sorry, even though it was his fault. And it was like 100% his fault. He didn't knock. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell him that. And he's just like, oh, it's all good, man. he, like, slapped me on the chest with his giant baseball mitt hands and he's like, at least it wasn't Jennifer. And I turned and looked. It was like this really expensive uh, Chevy Tahoe, and it was JLo, just like awkwardly smiling my way and just waving. I'm just like, oh, this is a really awkward moment. And I just walked away. That I don't know if that was my most embarrassing story, but like when it came to like meeting like celebrity type people, yeah, getting walked in on the bathroom by A Rod and awkwardly waving at J-Lo afterwards was pretty awkward for me.
1: Wow. Okay, I mean, Lo is like my personal idol, so I would've yeah. like blown up into confetti in that moment. That's crazy. Yeah, but I was an
0: awkward little boy, so it was kind of yeah. weird for me. I was feeling very insecure at the moment.
1: Wow, that's so crazy. Um, okay, two more questions on the rapid fire. So, question number three, Jack, is what is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
0: Hmm. I forget who told me this. It it may have been, honestly, just online from someone, you know? Like, I have a ton of idols that I look up to, but I think uh, selling yourself is the biggest thing that you could... That's probably the biggest piece of advice I've ever taken. Like, like, nobody's going to go out of their way, in a sense, to help you. You're going to have to sell yourself. Like, with me, with my podcast, like, I started that from... Uh, the ground up I still am in a sense like 300 interviews deep but you know like when I first started like nobody really understood it it's like why are you starting a show you're not famous right. in any way like you don't have a platform it's like it's something I want to do and right. uh, you have to keep selling yourself you know keep keep building you know that character keep building that charisma into the the personality the type of identity that you want to have so selling yourself especially at a young age uh, very hard thing to do, but if you could battle through the adversity, I think that was probably the best piece of advice I received. It may have been my dad. I, I really don't know, but uh, that's probably, again, like the most eye-opening piece of advice I've ever received. This is that's- rapid fire, but they're like five-minute responses, so... Yeah,
1: no, no. <laughs> I mean, they're, it's like nuggets of wisdom, though, so... perfectly.
0: Yeah. It's good um, content.
1: Yes. Okay, last rapid fire question. Um, what is the next adventure on your bucket list
0: next adventure on my bucket list probably to uh i'm in the process of writing my own uh screenplay hopefully turn it into my first feature film again i an aspiring filmmaker i haven't done much yet but i'm working on one that i plan on shooting in the fall uh, it, it takes a lot, you know, like you have to have a certain budget. You're going to spend a lot of money on films, and given that it's my first one, it probably won't pan out the way I want to, and I have to set that mindset early on, but hope for the best. That's probably my next um, big goal. Again, like, I want to do so many things, whether it's sports casting, I've had the privilege, and I've been fortunate enough to call over 200 sporting events at school and outside and internships all over the country um, you know podcasting I, I get to talk to people like you you know knowledgeable people get to share stories with people all over the world as well whether they're athletes celebrities actors actresses musicians I'm a huge rock music guy probably one of my bigger inspirations There, growing going up in a music family as well um, but yeah my my next thing on my list I'd say is filmmaking I love that that's
1: so just incredible and I think it's so brave of you because, I mean, talking with you for only, you know, like half an hour, I've already really just realized and felt that you're such an ambitious person and you're one of those types of people where you have a goal you set it and you achieve it. And it really inspires, you know, everyone who watches this and everyone who listens um, just to really take, you know, remember that they're the CEO of their life. No one else is. And I think the only problems in life are when you give someone else the keys to the car and you're oh, yeah. like wait i'm not happy wait i you know it's like you have to remember you're in control and
0: i think the biggest uh obstacle that people face is failing like a lot of people don't want to face the failure like everybody fails big time one way or another you know like brad pitt yeah. or adam sandler like all of these big guys probably had the worst film experiences they probably played the most embarrassing roles in their first few films right. that they ever shot that's, not, that's honestly probably the most embarrassing thing. I did a film last year where I had to um, portray myself as some crazy guy who was in love with a wooden chair, and they had me make out with a wooden chair on camera. And that, that is, see, like just based on that reaction, that's an embarrassing thing that really isn't that funny. It's actually really embarrassing in a sense of like, you have to go through certain things that really test your not only your pride, but, you know, test your, your, your withstand. Like, what are you willing to withstand? What are you willing to tolerate when it comes to being an actor or, you know, an athlete? If you feel like you should be, uh, you know, I'm a baseball guy, so if, like, if you feel like you should be at the top of the order and you're getting benched and you don't feel... You know, that prideful in that sense. Like, you have to, again, dig down deep and figure out what to do. Like, okay, this is not what I want to do right now. How am I going to get to the point where I want to get? And I feel like the biggest failures result in the biggest breakthroughs. And I I just don't feel that. I think that's a fact. I think a lot of people's biggest failures result in their biggest breakthroughs and their biggest shining moments as well. Right.
1: That's so well said. Um, Yeah, this has been amazing. Jack? Thank you so much for coming on. Hey,
0: thank you so much for, uh, you know, taking time out of your day to talk to me. I'm glad we finally got to do this and yeah. hopefully we can do it again down the road. Cause again, there's a lot more I'd love to pick your brain about.
1: Oh my gosh. I know. And I think something that is so fascinating is just how the sports world and the mental health world, you know, can collide. And I think there are so many, you know, conversations that are yet to be had and, um, It's just, it's been such an honor speaking with you today, truly.
0: Hey, likewise. I I think you're doing a tremendous job. Your new book coming out as well. Uh, I I can't wait to read that. That's coming out, what, March 25th, 2021, if I remember? It is coming
1: out March 25th, yes. And it was crazy. Just last night, finally, I submitted the final draft, and I felt like I could finally breathe. Like, it's been a long process for anyone who's written a book, you know, but just to have it fully, just, I'm like literally last night did a happy dance ate ate a cupcake and then called it a night (laughs)
0: hey you you gotta you gotta uh, reward yourself after that it's not as easy as it looks a lot of people look at you know again like actors writers all this stuff like it's easy like it's a dream job like it's a dream job but it's hard you gotta put in the work you gotta put in the extra time you really gotta devote yourself so congratulations on the new book and again i hope we talk again soon
1: Yes. Thank you so much. And Jack, really quickly, where can everyone watching find you on social media? You
0: can find me on the IG, Instagram at I am Jack O'Hara, as well as at OshoPod. That's O-S-H-O-W-P-O-D. And then of course... I am Jack O'Hara, I'll let you figure that one out, and then also on Twitter, at I am Jack O'Hara and Osho Pod, so that's where you can find me, that's where I put mainly most of my content, and if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn as well, I'm Jack O'Hara there as well.
1: Awesome, and one last thing, do you have any fun upcoming projects or collaborations that you can talk about?
0: Ooh, I'm going to pull, you know, the the famous answer and saying you're just going to have to stay tuned and find out. I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's amazing. Incredible. But thank you again, Jack. And everyone, go follow Jack. Seriously, this episode I learned so much. Um, You are such a bright light in this world. And this has been an absolute honor.
0: Again, likewise. I, I love talking to you and hopefully we can do it again.
1: Thank you. Bye, everyone.
0: I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold
1: out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh dude. She's probably gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used Tick Wait, what'd you say? Tick Pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Dude. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh,
0: TickPick.
1: I thought you said Tick Pick. No hidden fees. Download today.